Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Buffalo Sabres edition, and also the first edition of the post-Wayne Simmons era, which is a real bummer for all of us, I'm sure. I am joined today by Anthony, and I didn't ask you how to say your last name, which is bad. Yeah, it's, that's fine. It's Chandra. Chandra. I would have said that. I would have <laughs> <laughs> gotten that right. That's wild. Okay. So we are recording this on Monday, trade deadline day. So before we get into the questions that I sent Anthony ahead of time, I just wanted to ask him, what do you think of how the Sabres did on deadline day? Um, on the day of, a little underwhelming, but kind of what we all expected. Um, everyone knew Nathan Beaulieu was going to be shipped out after he requested a trade uh, toward the end of December. Um, so that wasn't really a surprise. The return wasn't maybe what everyone was expecting, but I mean, you know, that's what you get when you scratch one of your better defensemen for no apparent reason. It, it <laughs> undervalues him. So, um, but you know, I, I think a couple people maybe expected uh, Jason Pominville to get shipped out because, you know, he's a veteran on the last year of his contract. Also, you know, it's, it's nice to see one of those guys who in, in two different stints has been with the organization for so long, uh, you know, get a chance at a cup, which Buffalo is 99% chance not doing this year. So um but, you know, it's a little surprising that he's still around. But other than that, uh, I think after, you know, what was probably our, our big move yesterday, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, what happened today wasn't unexpected, but still, I guess, a little underwhelming. Okay, let's actually talk about that now, since we're talking about trades. Um, sure. For everybody that doesn't know, you guys traded a prospect, a defensive prospect. Um, Brendan Gooley. Yeah, to... Um, Oh my God, my mind just went blank. You got Brandon Montour back. <laughs> yes. Is <laughs> the short of it. So Mike, I like kind of just looking at that trade, my thought was like, okay, you're giving up a good defensive prospect for a pretty good right now defenseman. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of thinking like, do you think that that makes the front office kind of, are they working under the assumption that this team is going to be competitive sooner rather than later? I think so. I think that's part of it. Um, this trade kind of has a, a few moving parts, right? So we'll, we'll start with what the Sabres, uh, kind of how they're assembled right now on the back end. Um, they have a, I, I, or they had, I guess, before the trade went down, a little bit of a lack of depth on the right side. After Raspis Ristolainen, your next best right side defenseman was Zach Bogosian, who is not a top four, you know, so even, even his, you know, most ardent supporters wouldn't argue that he's a top four at this point in his career. Um, so, so it's not a surprise that they address the right side. Uh, conversely on the left side, you had quite a bit of depth, quite a bit of depth, depth. Oh my God. Um, even though, you know, top end talent maybe might not be there so much, but, but it's young. It, it, it's, you know, a lot of potential on the left side um, with the addition of Lawrence pilot, um, this season, he's kind of surpassed Gooley, who was before we drafted Rasmus Dahlin and, and acquired Pilot, was seen as the organization's top prospect on defense. He's had a little bit of a rough year in Rochester in the AHL. Um, maybe hasn't developed as quickly as a lot of people wanted, but he's he's still got potential. You know, he's he, there's still value to moving that piece. So the way I look at it a little bit is, I think what Brandon Montour is now is what you would hope, best case scenario, Brendan Gooley would end up being, right? So yeah. you almost expedite his best case scenario 
and throw in a late first round pick, which has something like an 18% chance of ever becoming a top six forward or a top four defenseman. So um, in terms of risk management, I don't think they, they traded a prospect with an incredibly high ceiling. I mean, he's talented. He'll be an NHL player, I think. But um, yeah, I think the Sabres got the better end of that deal looking at it objectively. Okay, that's cool. Um, so let's get into the guys that are on the roster and aren't going anywhere. And I wanted to ask you about, I have a couple of questions about Jeff Skinner. Um, first, do you think that he's going to stick around long-term with you guys? Second, how is he walking upright? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll start with the first question. Yes, he. I believe he will absolutely be with us long-term. Um, I think if the organization and Skinner's camp were far away on a deal, he would have been discussed in deadline moves. That was never a discussion. He was never on the table. No, you know, according to all the reports, you know, he was very much off the table in terms of, you know, uh, being shopped. I think that the they waited until after the deadline so they can give him that eighth year. Uh, that's when that ability kicks in. Uh, I, I expect an announcement before the end of the season. I'd be very, very surprised if they allowed Jeff Skinner to hit free agency, um, and and very disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine yeah. that he hits. If he hits the open market, he's going to get a lot of offers. Yeah, he'll he'll probably be the now that Mark Stone extended with Vegas after getting traded there today, he'd probably be the most sought after winger, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, um, sure. I think I think he'll get somewhere in the neighborhood of what Stone got, maybe a little less. I think eight years, eight and a half million is probably what we're looking at for him. I mean, he's second in the um, scoring race net or goal scoring race right now uh, behind Alex Ovechkin. So obviously, he's incredibly valuable, uh, and the kind of injury concerns that that kind of lingered with him after his concussion issues early on those have gone away if he finishes his season healthy knock on wood uh that'll be i think his fourth consecutive year of playing 79 or more games so so that's really not much of a concern anymore um as for how is he walking i can only assume that he's secretly wolverine and he can just heal really quickly yeah it, un unreal i mean his ankle gets right angled and he, he can't put any weight on off it on it rather coming off the ice and he's just back out there for the third, like nothing happened. Uh, yeah, so he's Wolverine. I'm I'm fairly yeah. certain. That's the only logical answer. <laughs> I mean, like I well, watched Wolverine is Canadian. That's yeah. I watched. I saw that replay like all over Twitter. And I'm like, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch it. Finally, I clicked it, and I got like right to the part. And I was like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad. Angles do not go that direction. No, they do not. So right now, um. As we record this, you guys are playing the Leafs tonight. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So right now you guys are uh, six points out of the last wild card spot right behind Pittsburgh, who is only ahead of you because of tiebreakers. Um, you're just a little bit ahead of the Flyers in the standings right now. And we have all given up on any hope of making the playoffs. We were hanging on there for a little bit when they were winning games, but we have since decided that, yes, that door has closed. Um, are you guys holding out any hope that maybe they might sneak in or, or is this about it for you too? Well, it, it's about optimism versus realism at this point. I mean, yeah, they've got a shot still. I mean, they're, they're six um, points behind. They've got a game in hand over uh, both Carolina and Pittsburgh. The way I'm looking at it, the way I'm seeing the East shaping up this year, I think you need a minimum bare minimum of 96 points to qualify for the playoffs. So that would basically mean that the Sabres have to finish 15 and six or 15, five and one. That's going to be tough. I mean, we're talking about a team who since December hasn't won two consecutive games. I mean, after their November win streak, 
things really tailed off. They've won, I believe, 18 of their last, I want to say 46, I believe the stat is, since then. Um, the last two games, they've looked great. And, and it's almost symptomatic of a larger problem that the Sabres have had that I don't think gets talked about very much. Throughout the entire season, they have shown up in a big way for marquee game, games against marquee opponents, right? They show up every time against the Leafs. Every battle with Tampa Bay has been incredible. It looks like a playoff series. I mean, they look amazing. They played Winnipeg last week or, or two weekends ago, I uh, beg your pardon, and and they were right with them, and they, they actually played better. They just, you know, had let up a late goal, and, and, you know, they didn't get the puck luck. But, I mean – they show up for those big games, but then when when you're playing the Rangers, you know the the Panthers, your um you know your 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 lower seeded teams right now, they play down to the competition and they never put together a sixty minute effort, and it's been symptomatic of a larger problem of consistency this year. I mean, they had a stretch against the twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth ranked team in the East last week, and they lost all three games. Mm. You you can't you can't do that. That those were critical. So. Now they've put themselves in a position where they have to win roughly 70 to 75 percent of their remaining games to be in the race. So are they still in it? Yeah, of course. You know, um, what hurts them is the fact that Columbus has, has really jacked themselves up and, and yeah. they look like they're really making a push. So it's going to you'd have to pretty much beat out both Pittsburgh and Carolina. And I, I don't know. I don't see that happening. Pittsburgh, maybe. I mean, God, they just added Goodburnson, which I don't know what the hell they were doing. But, oh, that um, made me so happy. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh, maybe, but Carolina's on a tear. I mean, they're yeah. trending up. They're playing really well. So um, if I had to put a percentage on it, less than a 10% chance. But, I mean, we're still rooting for it, I guess, because yeah, it's been seven years and we're starving. So one of the things that's probably going to hold you guys back a bit is you're without one of your best young players, Casey Middlestead. Um, is there any timeline on when he might be back in the lineup? Yeah, he skated today. Uh, he didn't participate in line rushes from what was reported. Uh, so him skating is good. It was just an illness, so I'm not sure oh. the severity of it. So it wasn't like a ligament injury or anything like that that would have a, a long um, lead time for return. Uh, so I hope he's back for Philly tomorrow. Uh, if not, I would assume very soon after that. Uh, it sounded like he's he's back on the ice and, and – uh, getting ready to come back in. We, we definitely can't afford to lose much center depth right now. Yeah, it would be um, extremely on brand for the Flyers to have a young talent like that come back into the lineup just in time <laughs> to the Flyers. So that's good. So getting into this game a little bit, um, why don't you tell me what, in your opinion, either a player, a line, a strategy that the Sabres employ, what do you think is going to give the Flyers the biggest amount of trouble in this game? Well, um, the Sabres this year have gone uh, pretty much as far as their goalies have taken them. So, and and the top line, of course, of Jack Eichel, um, Jeff Skinner, and well, what was Sam Reinhardt, now Jason Pominville. Reinhardt's kind of shifted down to kind of catalyze his own line, uh, which has helped in the depth scoring departments. But first and foremost, if the Sabres goalies are hot, the Sabres are hot. They almost feed off the energy of how well their goaltenders are playing. Um, it's been a little bit of a back and forth right now. Who's the starter, Carter Hutton or Linus Allmark? Mm -hmm. Hutton's been playing really, really well lately. He's getting the start again tonight against Toronto. So you guys will probably be seeing Linus Allmark, who has been hot and cold, but overall very good, um, especially for it being his first full season, you know, as an NHL goaltender. Um, so the, the key is beating us early. If you take the you know, an early lead on the Sabres, teams tend to have – 
a pretty good time of, of uh, fin- finishing us off, especially for a team that inconsistently uh, shows the ability to, to put forth a 60-minute effort. So just so you mentioned, because you mentioned him, I just wanted to ask, like, one of the things that always interests me a lot about the Sabres, and I know it's not like a huge market or whatever, all that stuff that people say when players don't get a lot of attention. I think it's weird that Jack Eichel, and I don't know how it is up there, but like for someone outside of it, I don't hear a ton about Jack Eichel. Like I don't hear about him the way I hear about an Austin Matthews or, you know, someone else who even like Mitch Marner, you know, and I know that obviously they play for the Leafs, so you're going to hear about them, but it just seems odd to me that like an American guy who's extremely talented and has essentially been the guy for a team for a number of years. It's, it's odd to me that he doesn't get any attention. Yeah. I think it plays into a little bit what you're talking about. Uh, Buffalo isn't a large market team though, in terms of like American, you know, market size, they're, they're, I think in the top 12, top 10. Um, but they're, they're, struggling i mean they're not a good team I, you know i mean the leafs get all the attention because a they're the leafs even when they're bad they're the center of the hockey world right and and b they're they're actually good um yeah. same reason boston gets the attention they get you know and they're larger markets so it's kind of a perfect storm of giving guys like you mentioned matthews and marner the attention um one of the other things i think uh kind of plays into it is the fact that nhl players are no longer playing in international competition so your american heroes so to speak maybe aren't getting the same love they were getting right when they were participating in the olympics um but i think once the sabers turn a corner and you know this is the first also the first year that eichel has produced at over a point per game clip so he's really kind of emerging now for the first time as a actual superstar you know he's only 22 years old he's got a lot of years ahead of him. Um, so I think now will be the time you'll see that corner start to turn and, and he'll become more of a topic, especially if the team gets really good and starts putting together um, long playoff runs. But uh, yeah, you're right. He doesn't get the same uh, level of publicity, but I think largely that has to do with the fact that the Sabres have just been a really terrible team. So our site manager, Steph Driver, I think would have a theory about why Jack Eichel is not. <laughs> his hair, right? It's his hair, Yeah. <laughs> He really hates Jack Eichel's entire head situation. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, our, our managing editor, uh, Chad Dedeminisis, over at uh, Die by the Blade, he had her on his podcast, and she mentioned the same thing, and that that had me laughing pretty good. I think it's fantastic. I think, like, if you do <laughs> weird stuff with your hair when you're 22, you might as well do weird stuff with your hair when you're 22. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? So, um... Next question I have for you is if you can give me a player that Flyers fans might not know about, a guy that flies under the radar a bit, but who you think will make an impact on this game. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Sam Reinhart's pretty mainstream, but I think this year is is really the first time people outside of Buffalo and, and, and in some cases inside of Buffalo are realizing just how good he is. Um, there was some doubt uh, over the last couple seasons that he had the ability to score when he was separated with Jack Eichel. That doubt has been totally squashed. He's very capable of managing his own line. Uh, he's skating on a line with, uh, I believe, Connor Sheary and when Middlestat is healthy, Casey Middlestat. Um, that'll be a line to watch. But one player who I'm fairly certain that most Flyers fans maybe don't know about who could make a big impact is Evan Rodriguez. Um, I still kind of contest that he is the most underrated player on the Sabres roster. Um all of his uh, Corsi metrics and, and his advanced stats are really fantastic. Um, he 
He's going to be a restricted free agent. He's playing like he's he's going to have a new contract coming up. Uh, he's very quick, very intelligent, exciting. Um, maybe not always the most responsible with the puck, but he has the ability to really, you know, take not necessarily take over a game, but become a, a major factor that I think most people on the outside, you know, maybe not in Buffalo wouldn't have expected. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Is he on the fourth line? Uh, no, Evan Rodriguez, he kind of shifts between uh, the second and third line, depending oh. on, you know, what Housley's doing with Shiri and Middlestad. Uh, he can sub in as a center in a pinch. So he kind of floats around. Uh, he's on the second power play unit. But yeah, no, if, if uh, he's number 71. If uh, Flyers fans out there are interested in oh. kind of tracking a particular guy, he's he would be one to keep an eye on, in my opinion. Cool. Um, any Flyers you look forward to seeing when our teams play? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you've, you've got your your main guys, you know, your Couturier, your Giroux. I mean, they're always exciting. I love Goss Despair. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're obviously always a treat. The guy I really want to uh, kind of hone in on is Nolan Patrick. I want to kind of check. I, obviously, I'm not a regular watcher of the Flyers. Yeah. I'll catch them, you know, at, at times. But uh, I want to see how he's kind of developed and, and, you know, how he's kind of taken that first line center role in stride a little bit. Um, I see that he's a little streaky, you know, just looking at his output, you know, he'll get th- two, three points, one game, and then he's quiet for four in a row. Right. And uh, another guy who who is kind of of the same ilk, maybe just not under the same circumstance is uh, Travis Konecki. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty interested to see uh, how he's developed. You know, they've got they've got kind of a solid foundation of, of younger guys who are obviously the future of their team. Um, so, yeah, my interest is definitely going to be in those guys who are developing and, and trying to gain a uh, a higher semblance of consistency, let's say, as the season's uh, moving forward and coming to a close. Yeah, they both had um pretty monster game on Saturday outside. Yeah, so, I saw, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that continues a little bit. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, Okay, so the final thing I'm going to ask you to do is to give me a shot-in-the-dark prediction for where you think this game is going to end up. Uh, well, the Sabres are going to be coming off uh, what will – what is always and what will certainly be a hard fought game against Toronto, which wouldn't surprise me at all if it goes into extra minutes. Um, oh, I, I, I hate doing this cause we need to win every game, but I think the flyers take it four, three in overtime. Ooh, that's a spicy prediction. And here I, I try to be impartial. Oh God, never. I'm never that. <laughs> well then Sabres nine to one then. Okay, perfect. <laughs> because for some inexplicable reason, they're playing Brian Elliott tomorrow, um, even though he's now started, I think, six in a row, if we count mm-hmm. his time in the AHL. And uh, he's an old dude who's coming off an injury, so probably not the best idea. And also, we went out and got this new guy. One would presume to play him, so I don't know why they're not playing Cam Talbot. But I think it's going to really depend on how Elliott plays. He played really well on Saturday, but he might be a little tired and sore. So we'll see how that ends up. With you guys coming off a of back-to-back, I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say three, two Flyers. All right. Not too far regular, off. Yeah. Yeah. Regular three, two. Not Regulation? Okay. Oh, regular. all right. You're going to rob us of our loser point? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mostly because I hate staying up late. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Anthony. Thank you very much. This is really great. Yeah, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the game. Go Flyers. All right. You too. See ya.